Introducing Small Player Big Play. Small Player Big Play app provides young athletes, parents, and coaches a user-friendly sports social media platform. The app allows users to connect with friends, make new friends, create groups, text, chat, and post pictures and videos of you and your teammates participating in your favorite sport or activity. To begin, users can simply download and sign up for the app using an email account. Younger users have the ability to sign up using their smartphone and a parent's email address. From there, users can begin to interact and engage with other users of the app. Small Player Big Play app also gives users the ability to live stream full games and events. You can live stream your event so that friends, family, or anyone in the world can see you in action. Users can also share posts from the app to their other social media accounts like Facebook and Twitter. What are you waiting for? Get in the game and share your love of sports with the world. Download the Small Player Big Play app today. Are you ready to listen to my dad Joe and Uncle Justin talk about sports? The Joe Mays and J-Raff Show is brought to you by Mays Sandwich Shop, which have been serving the greater Westlawn area delicious food for over 70 years. You are listening to The Joe Mays and J-Raff Show. Boring! A <clears throat> weekly podcast about sports since 2011. Don't you ever get tired of being wrong all the time? With a focus on football. Kansas City 31, San Francisco 20, Mahomes takes the snap. He's just going to throw it long for Demarcus Robinson. It is going to use up all the time. The game is over, and the Chiefs kingdom has firmly planted its flag on top of football's highest summit. The Kansas City Chiefs are champions of Super Bowl 54. Now, here are your hosts. Joe Mays and Justin Rathoff. Well, good evening, sports fans, and welcome back to the Joe Mays and J Raff Show. I'm one of your hosts, Joe Mays, and not with me in the studio this week is Mr. Justin Raffoff, but he is here once again via the Mays, Mays Sandwich Shop Hotline. So, Justin, welcome to the show. Yeah, it's uh, good to be back. I know uh, last week we, we did the show in person, and it wasn't any mishaps from that that led to me not being, you know, just, just to clarify. <laughs> right, yeah, it's it's a location issue this week, not not yeah, a yeah, not yeah. a virus issue or an illness issue of any Correct. extent. Correct, correct. So that, that's all, that's good to clarify that as we, uh, <laughs> we did not have any issues. Both of us are COVID-free uh, and any disease-free, which is always a positive thing to be. Hey, hey, we'll take it. We'll yeah, take it. Small victories, right? Small victories. Yes, yes. But we have a great show for everyone this evening. We are continuing our 2020 NFL preview series, which we're now in, I guess, episode seven of eight, which means we are very, very close to the end. And that means if you've been watching this show for any of the, the last few years, that means we're at the divisions that mean the most to our Listeners and also us, the hosts, we are talking tonight about the NFC East, which obviously home to the Eagles and Cowboys, in addition to the Giants and Redskins, or I should say Washington, whatever they're going to be. 
And uh, yeah, we're going to have a, I'm sure, a fun and lively uh, hour talking about this division because anytime we get to talk about the Eagles and Cowboys, it does get uh, interesting. Yeah, that's that's a good, that's one way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So um, before we uh, take off, I just want to thank our sponsors once again. As you heard in the intro, small player, big play. Download the app for youth athletics on the Google or Apple app stores. It's a wonderful way to record and stream your youth athletic events. Sporting events are doing a great job with a little uh, tennis activity recently, and I know they're ramping up their fall coverage. And as is the case in Pennsylvania, the governing body for high school athletics has basically said we're going to move forward as long as uh, as long as we can, they're not making any changes. So, uh, small player, big play could be a huge resource for you. And we thank them and my father and May Sandwich Shop for supporting the show. If you would like to contact us here, the best way to do that is through the May Sandwich Shop email inbox, which is JoeMays and JRAF at gmail dot com. And be sure to follow us on social media. My uncle has chimed in in the May Sandwich Shop email inbox. Uh, he was noticeably absent last week, Justin, when we discussed the AFC North, but he has reviewed the episodes he may not have caught live and has an email for us. So, Of, of course he did. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think we reference it almost weekly now, but we, we know that, uh, especially when it comes to these production shows, uh, yeah. Your uncle is on top of it, and uh, he he's going to give us his take too. Usually, so yeah. So I, I I avoided. My dad asked if I had received the email when I spoke with him this morning. He knew that uh, his brother had sent it to me, and I said I I hadn't read it yet. I knew I, I received it. I wanted to kind of I like doing it fresh here on the show, so it's both the first time you and I hear what he have to, has to say. So I'm right, gonna right. I'm gonna read this now, so we'll see what what he has for us. All right, he starts off, hello, Joe and Justin. Sorry I missed your show last week. I hope to hear it this week, but I will be camping, so I'll give you my picks for last week and this week. All right, so we're going to get AFC North and NFC East from him in this email. I do agree with half of your picks from last week. He definitely, definitely Bengals will finish on the bottom, new coach and new quarterback, and Ravens will finish first. Best quarterback in this division, plus they should have learned something from last year. Not a big fan of John Harbaugh, though, so I would like to get his... Uh, I would like for him to uh, give us a little bit more details on that in the future, whether he wants to call or, or send us an email. I'd like to know why he doesn't like Harbaugh. Is it just because the Ravens have at times been a thorn in the Patriots' side? Uh, or I, does he actually would, dislike yeah. the coach as a person? I, I'm interested to hear his take on that. Yeah, that that would be interesting because, like you said, it's it's hard to say that anyone has really been – too much of a thorn in the Patriots side, but if anyone has, you could make an argument that it has been the Ravens. Um, you know, I'm not a huge Harbaugh fan, but it's usually not the one in Baltimore that is driving me nuts. Yeah, I think so, the, the only reason the one um, in Baltimore bothers me because he's in Baltimore. Like it's it's exactly. more the team than it is the coach. So, yeah, um, to me, it's it's always a huge plus that he's not his brother. So right, you know, yeah. that's that's a win right away. That, so. that it's you're right there. <laughs> Uh, so my uncle continues now, unlike you guys, I have no one I have to keep happy, like maybe Kelly and, and I have never been a fan of the Steelers. Plus I don't think big Ben will have a good year. So they will finish third 
in this division. I do believe this is a big year for Mayfield, Odell, and their team. All that talent has to finally do something, so they'll finish second. So he has it Ravens first, Browns second, Steelers third, and Bengals fourth. So he just kind of the flip-flop the middle there, and he doesn't think Big Ben's going to have a, a good year, which, you know, the age and the injury factor, yeah, I can't and, necessarily say that he's hundred. He's wrong. Right. But he's buying into no, the Browns stuff, agree. which which we have. And we said, we both said, Browns could absolutely put it all together and be a right. competitive. Like we mentioned, this could be a three-team race if the Browns can right. put it together. Absolutely. And I think you even mentioned, and I was actually talking about this today, but I think you mentioned uh, Ravens and Steelers play on Thanksgiving night, I think. Yeah. Um, and, like, yeah, it it could be really interesting if the Browns are still in it late November. Oh, man. And you and I both said it, you know, from a talent standpoint, Browns are right up there. If You could argue that they're the most talented team in the division. It's hard to make that argument based on production the last couple of years. Well, or ever in Cleveland, but like in terms of, you know, compiling talent, they certainly have the talent. They just need to put it together. Um, the way Baltimore seems to always do, but, um, yeah, I, I would lean to, I guess it comes down to big Ben. You and I kind of are buying into bounce back or one more, one more kind of go around for him. Um, but if he doesn't, we both kind of said this, if, if he doesn't get it done, it's going to be, a problem and a problem fast in in uh, Pittsburgh because I don't think they've done really anything to sure up that spot behind him, which is kind of an interesting move because that led to issues last year. Um, and that idea of not having a a designated like go to guy at backup is something that may come up as we're talking uh, about the NFC East tonight as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so that's only half of his email. So we're going to, I'm going to read the second half now and uh, see what he has to say about the NFC East. Now this week, Justin's team is involved and this is a tough division. As you guys have done from the bottom up, that's where he's going. And he uh, says the Washington whoever's will end up there. New coach Ron Rivera will take time. Believe the New York football giants are getting better. Not quite there yet. Gotta love Saquon Barkley at running back. Not sure about Daniel Jones at quarterback. Still stuck at third in the division. Now, do I want to go with Justin's Eagles or Bill's Cowboys? I don't think Dak is as good as everyone thinks he is, but he does have Elliott at running back, and Carson Wentz can't seem to stay healthy. Will the new Cowboys coach, Mike McCarthy, make a difference or stay with the Super Bowl winning coach, Doug Peterson? They will tie, and the Cowboys win the division with the Eagles second. So with one week left, my favorite division is coming up. I might have something to say. Yeah, I'm sure you will. And yes, when this is over, I will send you all of our picks, including Bills. Have another great show, your favorite Patriots fan. Uh, so there's a lot to uh, digest there, but we're going to get into the NFC East portion of it. Uh, you and I now. Uh, AFC East, yes, is next week, and I'm sure he'll have another lengthy email for us to read all about the AFC East and why his Patriots are going to come out on top yet again. But first off, we're staying in the NFC and talking about the Cowboys, the Giants, the Eagles, and hopefully the Red Tails. So, Justin, the NFC is your domain, so you get the honor of going first. Who do you have as the fourth-place team in the NFC East 
this year. We heard from my uncle. He thinks it's going to be the Redskins. Do you agree with that, or you have someone else in the bottom? So, I think the Redskins are an obvious choice for fourth place, um, and that's why I'm not going with them in fourth place. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with the Giants in fourth place, um, and I'll explain some of that about the Redskins, well, Washington, uh, when, when we get there. Um, but I, I really like Saquon Barkley. Obviously I don't like that he plays for the Giants, but I, I love Saquon, you know, um, I just, I, I don't know. I, again, with Daniel Jones, I was talking about this a little bit with Baker Mayfield last week and I'll, it's the same thing with Daniel Jones. I know it's not as big of a sample size, but like, I don't know that he's not the guy and I'm not certainly not going to make a case that he's not the guy but I don't know that he is the guy yet. And unlike Baker Mayfield, like he, he has a a great weapon in the backfield. So does Mayfield, but Mayfield has all pro caliber, like weapons all over the place. That can't be the same as cannot be said for Daniel Jones. Um, And so I just don't know that, excuse me, I don't know that they can put it together in New York. Um, I don't think they're going to be awful. I don't think they're going to be like the worst team in football or anything like that. I just don't know that they've got enough to get it done. Um, It'll be interesting to kind of see how it plays out, but um, I'm going to put them at like five wins or so. I'm putting them at five wins. Um, And I just, I, I'm just not a. I with the Giants. I don't know that they have enough around Barkley and and enough weapons in other places to really get it done yet. Um, so I think we're going to see um, some big questions coming up there, including about Daniel Jones and things like that. Which you know how that goes. Like the last thing a uh, young quarterback needs is coaching changes and stuff like that. But um, you, you never know what's going to happen. So. So you have the Giants winning five games or so. They were four and twelve yeah. last year, so th- right. that would but actually still be a they minor could improvement. Win another, but... Right. Okay. All right. Um, what about the hiring of Joe Judge? Do you have an opinion on their new coach? So I'm not. It, it's kind of off the radar a little bit to me. Um, It'll be. I'm. I'm interested to see how it'll work out. But again, I think this is a spot where I don't know. Um. Let Let me put it another way. When 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 Because I'm going back to another example here of a Bill O'Brien. Not. Well, I'm going to Bill O'Brien. Another Belichick. Um. You know, guy who who would who would come out. Um. When I saw. Um. There was a huge flash of lightning and it distracted me. <laughs> um, but Bill O'Brien, like I had said, when there were rumors going around, I, I wasn't worried about any other schools. I wasn't worried about like any other pro teams. The Houston Texans were the team that scared me just because of the position they were in and all of this stuff. And it that ended up making sense. And I'm I'm kind of in the spot where I don't know, like 
I know that New York Giants are a great team and, and they've got some weapons and they've got a young quarterback and all that. I just don't know that they have a lot there yet. So I think it's going to take some time. And we preach stability all the time and consistency. And I, I know the Giants have been that for a long time. Like they, they haven't been like recently, but they've been one of those, you know, franchise marquee franchises in the NFL. I just think it's, I think it's going to take Joe Judge some time to get it, get his system implemented. And, and, you know, all of those Billichek guys and NFL guys in general, like it's a usually top to bottom, you know, rebuild of the franchise, not just like, Oh, we're going to add some pieces and just kind of go with what's here. No, they usually start scrap everything and start all over. And I think we're going to see a little bit of that in New York yet. I think there's going to be some, some growing pains, but I think they'll be fine. Just not, not quite this year. Sure. Yeah. I, I know, uh, New York is certainly uh, very antsy for the Giants to become relevant again. I think they, th- I think they had hoped it was going to be in year three with Saquon Barkley, but the team hasn't been able to produce much talent around him. We and we now see Eli Manning gone. Daniel Jones is in year two, which is hopefully a positive for them. Uh, but I'm not going to talk much about the Giants right now because they are not my fourth place team. They are. It is the the Washington franchise, I guess we should call them at the moment. They will be transitioning to a different name uh, and logo coming up. Who knows when that's going to happen? Supposedly, it's going to be before the season start, or we expect it to be, possibly even before training camp, which opens in you know a, a little over a week for most of the teams. So. What whatever Washington ends up being called, and Justin, you and I have talked about this um, a lot since it's come up recently. Uh, and I don't know if you have a definitive number one, but you know my number one is absolutely the Red yeah, Tails. Right, I'm I'm 100 percent on board with that as well. That is by far. I mean, there's some others that I'm like, oh, that's fine. Right, but like this is one where there's actually, and honestly with a lot of this stuff, usually I'm like, I, you know, I prefer that, but I don't really care. No, like red tails is, is the one I want. Like yeah. I, I am actively hoping it is that one. I have no ties to Washington football in any capacity. Um, you know, other than maybe when LeVar Arrington was there, you know, in the early two thousands, yeah. I was a little yeah. more interested, but I'm not an Eagles fan or, or, you know, even a, or a Cowboys fan or anything. I, I live in the AFC East, not in the NFC East. So it doesn't matter much to me, but if they were going to change and obviously now they are red tails always was my choice because I love world war two history and iconography and the story surrounding the Tuskegee Airmen is is incredible, which coincidentally, um, thanks to my time hop, notified me that today is uh, the 79th anniversary of an event surrounding the Tuskegee Airmen. I don't know if it's their creation or what. It wasn't clear, and my research did not yield the exact anniversary that we're celebrating today, 79 years later. But they became to be known as the Red Tails, and it just makes so much sense for the team to ship from... Red Redskins to Red Tails and have, uh, I, I mean, it just has so much 
positive spin to it and makes so much sense. It would be such an easy transition. And all of the mock-ups that I've seen people do have all been fantastic. So, um, and, and the guy that is like trademark squatting, who has said like, I'm not doing this to make money. They can have what I have. I think he has red tails. So that's one of the options that they should be able to negotiate away from the gentleman who purchased it years ago. It just, it feels like it makes too much sense. And that's probably why it won't happen because well, well, we know who's in charge down there, and it's just, you know, right. It, it just doesn't if, seem if, like th- right. If anyone could screw it up, it'll be Mr. Snyder. Yeah, so. but regardless of whatever they end up being called uh, this season or in years in the future, the Redskins to me, they're just not good. Uh, you and I, I think, called it last year. I believe we had Redskins. Yeah, last in 2019. I still people were down on the Giants, but we were like, "No, nah, I think it's going to be Washington." And and we were right. They won three and thirteen last year. They didn't have much direction. Uh, it was a it was a tough year for the team on the field, and you know they ended up um, like I said, three and thirteen, last place. They won the right to pick second in the draft. Uh, probably was a blessing for them. They didn't have to make a decision. Of, do they take Joe Burrow and not then after drafting Dwayne Haskins the year before? They ended up getting the, the best pure defensive player in the draft and Chase Young, who I'm sure they hope has the same impact as Bosa out in, in, in San Francisco last year. Uh, and who knows? Maybe he will. And maybe Washington, whatever, will end up being you know a, a Cinderella story in 2020. And after all, all the um, upheaval in the off season and all the changes and, and all the focus on all the negative aspects that uh, is swirling in the capital, maybe they'll be great this year. You know what? A, what an amazing story that they go twelve and four in the first year as the Red Tails and with Ron Rivera quarterback. And uh, I just don't see it happening. I don't think they have enough talent to do that. And they 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 got to figure out if Dwayne Haskins is the guy. Uh, is he going to be their quarterback of the future? I mean, we've seen teams allow their their um, franchise quarterback or the guy they hope will be that sit for part of a season, play some games, and then really explode the next year. I mean, Mahomes did it with very little action his rookie year, and look what he's been able to do. Is that in the cards for Haskins? I don't necessarily think so, but they got to find out sooner or later. And, uh, yeah, I just – not much instills – um, a sense of accomplishment for Washington this year. We really don't know what's going to happen with Alex Smith. Uh, he's, he wants to play, but he still seems to be stuck um, recovering from that gruesome injury. And Justin, I don't know, if you watch the documentary that ESPN did that debuted a few so months I ago? I, I want to, but I, ha- I have not. It's incredible. I mean, it's hard. It's very hard to watch, uh, especially if you're if you get queasy. Um, But it's very inspiring. Uh, Alex Smith and his family come off incredibly uh, grounded and grateful. And uh, the amount of perseverance is is incredible. But uh, Alex Smith, like I don't and I don't say this in a negative or derogatory sense, but he knows his place like he understands that he's to him just a football player that there and he says he's like there are people that would trade positions with me in a heartbeat he's like i he just he comes off as an incredible incredible person it's an incredible story and i wish him nothing but the best in his recovery and to want to get back out on the football field after what he's gone through is just um 
incredible. So I, I don't know that he'll have a hand in the Washington quarterback competition this year. It's probably Dwayne Haskins to lose. Of course, they do have Kyle Allen now, who you know was with Ron Rivera last year um, for part of his stay in Carolina. But um, he had a chance to maybe take over that job and, and wasn't able to do it. So this is definitely Dwayne Haskins' job to lose. And they got to find out if he's their guy. Uh, they also haven't really figured out their... Uh, their running back situation. I know people think Adrian Peterson could have a good year, but long term, he's he not the guy. They they've kind of gone through a few uh, a few young guys at running back, but nothing has stood out as of yet. They don't have a ton of established talent at wide receiver. I know Terry McLaurin at times last year looked like he could be the guy, but that's pretty much all they have there. Uh, same thing goes at. Uh, tight end uh, you're just you're not surrounding Haskins with a ton of talent at least on uh, on paper so um, defensively I think they can hold their own at times I don't think they're as diminished as the offense is but again if your offense constantly goes three and out and doesn't put up points it's going to put a lot of pressure on your defense even uh you know a young one with um some brilliantly talented defensive ends and young and montez sweat um and still having ryan kerrigan there and, and bringing in nate orchard i just don't know that they have enough long term to be able to stay in uh to stay in the games like they need to i think the defense will keep them in games i just don't know that they're going to be able to win games they're not as talented as you know uh that that Ravens defense from 2000 with uh, Ray Lewis in his prime and them going and destroying the uh, Giants in the Super Bowl. They're they're not that caliber, and that's kind of what they would need if this team would want to win double digits games and make the playoffs. So while I don't think uh, the Washington defense is is bad, I don't think their offense is good enough to make too much noise. Now, judging by my um, inputs on your um, your schedule breakdown. Uh, I have the Redskins winning five games just like you, but finishing in fourth place. However, I have them tied with the Giants with five wins, but I'm going to give the Giants a little bit of the tiebreaker and finish in third. I, I Just like you kind of already touched on it with the Giants a little bit, it, it's really tough for a team with a, a new coach, new coaching staff to have a leg up as in years past. You know, the NFL gives teams that are transitioning uh, to a new coaching staff time uh, in the offseason usually, but with the pandemic ongoing, they weren't able to do that. So everything's been do- done remotely, and we know um, a, a lot of sports and a lot of jobs, you got to learn hands-on, and they haven't been able to do that. So I think while maybe the Giants, I think, could have been a little bit higher or better this year uh, than 5-11, and 11, it's still one game improvement like you had them. And I think for a second year quarterback in Daniel Jones, I, I don't think that's a negative with a new coaching staff and still a young quarterback learning the ropes. I think five and 11 is acceptable. It's not great. It's not what the giants fans want to hear, but I think it still sets them up to maybe have a bigger year in year two of Joe judge and year three of Daniel Jones. I, I did like their first two picks, Andrew Thomas, the tackle from Georgia and Xavier McKinney, the safety from Alabama. I think those were, were solid, solid picks in the first two rounds of the draft. Uh, we know the giants have been having major issues on the offensive line and protecting Daniel Jones was the right thing to do. And, uh, yeah, I, 
we all know what Barkley can do. You know, obviously we are certainly aware of what Barkley can do being Penn State fans. And he has been nothing but spectacular in his first two years in the in the league. Even last year with the, the injury being missing four or so games, he still was absolutely incredible. Uh, he's just a, a moving highlight tape. You never know what's going to happen when he touches the ball. Uh, they also brought in Deion Lewis, who has always been a nice change of pace guy and can offer another threat out of the backfield. Wide receiver is just another spot that you're not really sure what you're going to get. Um, Golden Tate's on the, the back end of his career. They have Sterling Shepard, who at the time has flashed. Same thing with Corey Coleman and his speed. But uh, it doesn't instill a ton of hope uh, until someone else steps up or establishes themselves. Uh, Evan Ingram is nice at tight end, but again, he's been, he has dealt with injury issues. We already mentioned the offensive line. Uh, they have potential, you know, with uh, with the rookie coming in, Andrew Thomas, hopefully establishing himself with Nate Solder at the tackle spots, uh, allowing um, maybe a slight improvement or hope for the improvement to come because they've really been uh, hurting for that uh, in the last few years. I really don't know what to expect with with the defense. At times, you know, kind of like the Giants, they they've looked pretty good and have been able to keep their team in some games. And other times, they've looked absolutely horrendous. Uh, maybe pairing McKinney with Peppers will will get the job done. Uh, or ro- rotating them in in the nickel and dime package. Maybe they'll step up. Maybe that'll be a nice young safety duo. Um, how are they deploy them in this defensive backfield? But uh, at this time, I honestly would probably rank the Giants defense below the Redskins defense on paper, uh, just not necessarily sold on the talent and options they have um, across that defensive 11. But again, 5-11 and 11, tied with the Redskins. I'll give the Giants a bit of an edge in the tiebreaker category, whether that's head-to-head or um, divisional record. Uh, Redskins fourth, Giants third, and I think you and I are just going to be flip-flopped, I'm guessing. Yeah, we absolutely are. Um, and I'm I'm actually going to uh, go with six wins for the Redskins. Um, I think they underachieved a little bit last year. I know they're a hot mess um, in literally every way possible. Um, I just – I think Ron Rivera – I, I really like him as a coach. Um, it's one of those where I was not excited that he went to the Redskins um, because I don't want him coaching against the Eagles twice every year. Um, that being said, I still think they're going to struggle a good bit. Yeah, seeing them, you know, in the bottom with the Giants and kind of battling for third, I think is is destined to be it. So I'll put them at six wins. Wouldn't surprise me if they're at five or you know, or even less, honestly. But I just, I think Ron Rivera's the perfect guy for that tough situation. I hope that Dan Snyder. Well, I say this outside of my fandom. I hope Dan Snyder gives him the time and steps back enough to just let him do his job because I think he could get it done in in Washington. Um, but you know how that goes. Guys don't tend to just all of a sudden have a revelation and then stay out of the way. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's not usually how it works. Right. 
Um, and, and again, as a fan, I'd be fine with that because, Hey man, keep screwing it up. That's, that's great. But, but one of the crazy things, and we talked about this a few weeks ago, is just like when Alex Smith got hurt, like, you know, in the middle of the two seasons ago, they were in first place in the division. Um, you know, like it just crazy how far they've come since then, right. you know, or fallen, I guess, but how, how, how things have unfolded since then, I guess would be a better way to say it. But yeah, I, I echo all the same things that you said. I just have them flipped, but I have the or, uh, Washington and, and New York pretty much the same level, you know, give or take a game here or there. Um, but definitely the third and fourth place teams. Yeah, pretty, pretty much exactly. I think, I think right to the surprise of no one, right? Like, <laughs> I don't think anybody. Right. And I don't think we're really going out on a limb there. Um, you know, we heard no. my, my uncle give his picks. And actually, before I ask who your second place is, uh, why, why don't I give you my dad's selections? Because he did text those to me earlier today. He must have really been excited for the show because he texted me before the show got underway this evening. Uh, he has the Redskins finishing in last, New York in third. Philadelphia in second and Dallas in first. Probably not a surprise to people um, that know him, although he can be at times like me um, a, a harsh critic of uh, of his own team. I think all of us have that in us as well. But uh, he's uh, he is picking Dallas to win the division this season. So, Justin, why don't you hit us with your second place team before uh, before I go? All right. So for my second place team, I'm going with the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, I think last year I went all in on the Eagles, and um, it it wasn't all bad, but it wasn't it wasn't as good as I would have liked. Um, I think I think the Eagles are going to be good. Um, I think they're going to win ten or eleven games, um, and I think they're a playoff team. Um, I just, I, I think that's going to be in second place in the division. Um, I think they have some pieces that they need to kind of still figure out. Um, especially on defense. Um, I wish there would have been some more answers on offense. Um, I mentioned it earlier about, uh, clear cut backup quarterback. Um, you know, and, the Eagles technically don't have that because there's a lot of talk, even though they drafted Jalen Hurts, that he's not going to be the backup right away. Um, but, you know, it, it's one of those things. It's kind of funny. Um, I know, and and I'm in this book too, like Carson Wentz's injuries are definitely something they have to keep in mind and because they come into play and they come into play at key times. But like when you look at it, um, I think I think it was Deshaun Watson has missed more games in one less season than Carson Wentz has. You know, but like people don't bring up the injuries for Deshaun Watson. You know, like let me phrase that: people don't bring it up as much for Deshaun Watson. Um, you know, now some of that has to do with when in the season they tore their ACLs and things like that. But it. It's just one of those things where it gets thrown around a lot, but when you look at the exact numbers, like he's played a couple full seasons, you know, like it's not like he's been hurt every year. I think twice in his four seasons, he's played, he's started all 16 games. Um, 
you know, so it, it, it is, but it is been some unfortunate injuries at unfortunate times. I think, I think he's the best quarterback in the division. Um, I don't think I, I really like Miles Sanders. I think Miles Sanders, and it's really tough to say because this division is loaded at running back. We mentioned, you mentioned Washington doesn't really have a go-to guy there. They have Adrian Peterson who was a go-to guy, but isn't at this point in his career. Um, but you have Ezekiel Elliott, Saquon Barkley and Miles Sanders. And Miles Sanders, I still feel like is going to be underrated this year, or kind of like looked over, but from a number standpoint, he put up huge numbers last year <coughs> in like a part-time role early on. Um, yeah, I, I just think Eagles are going to build. I think they have a lot of questions on defense. I think the offensive line will come together. Um, Jason Peters moving to guard will be interesting. Um, I love the Ross Tucker tweet about how he was on the bills when Jason Peters, they pulled him in from, t- from tight end. I didn't realize he was a tight end. Oh yeah. They yeah. Pulled him he in was from not tight an offensive lineman to, in college. Right. To take reps at tackle. And, um, uh, Ross Tucker, who was a, a professional lineman said, he's like looking at this guy who has never taken a rep at, at tackle. And in like his first five reps, you're like, oh my God, this, this guy's better than me. You know, like he's like, you just instantly realize like this guy is the real deal. Now, Jason Peters has, you know, he has his moments where he's had some struggles, you know, but he's also had this moment where he's been really a key part for the Eagles. I think moving him to guard will be really interesting. He is a monster of a man to have a guard. Yeah, it's a mauler. Um, <laughs> it's a mauler. And if he, Right, and if he can move, and if they can, if they can plan around that, uh, I think that's still a huge benefit to have him on our team. I think the Eagles are better with him than they are without him, and they were able to get him on a relatively team-friendly deal. So I'm all for that. Um, yeah, I think they'll get it done. I just think they're not quite going to be in first place, but I think they're going to be a playoff team, and they're going to have a chance to get it done in January, and hopefully February. You said 10, 11 wins. Is that where you were at? Yeah, I'm going to go with 10. Um, okay. Yeah, if I have to pick one. 11 for a second-place team is, would mean I think highly of the first-place team, and I don't want to be ever confused for that. So. <laughs> uh, so we are in complete agreement once again. I have the Eagles in second place. Uh, much like the third or fourth spot, though, and since I'm doing first and second back-to-back, I will say that I have the Eagles and Cowboys finishing with identical records at 10-6, and six, but I have the Cowboys winning the tiebreaker between the two. I think both teams are talented enough to win the division and make the playoffs. I just think on paper, the Cowboys should be better. The Cowboys have more talent. Their yes. shortcomings and shortfall, especially last year, which finally cost Jason Garrett his job, I think was un- obviously unfortunate, but just it can't happen. It just it was not a great thing. And, and after right. being on staff for 14 years, you know, head coach for close to a decade of that time, 
it was time to move on. And they did. And Jason Garrett's now in, in New York with the Giants. And, you know, you have Mike McCarthy now coming in with the Cowboys as head coach. And, you know, he had success in Green Bay, but it was another one of those kind of similar to Andy Reid in Philadelphia. Mike McCarthy and Green Bay just needed to part ways. They, they won a Super Bowl together, uh, but the relationship with Aaron Rodgers had gone south and the team just needed a new direction. And I think the year off, um, helped and now McCarthy's ready to go. I, I was a fan of McCarthy in Green Bay, so I'm interested to see what he does in Dallas. But before we get into Dallas, I'll give my take on the Eagles. I, I don't disagree with anything that, that Justin said already. I think uh, the offensive line will figure it out. I think they'll be okay there. Uh, I am never have been and, and don't expect to be a Carson Wentz uh, doubter or anything, and I, I agree Justin's always talking about how Wentz's injuries seem to be overblown. Uh, he played every game last year, and uh, he he has success, especially in head-to-head matchups with uh, with Dak and, and the Cowboys. So I, the thing about the Eagles is I just don't know that they have enough talent around Wentz, especially if the line doesn't come together. Um, this isn't to say that they can't. Uh, surprise people. We've seen other teams uh, win a lot of games in Super Bowls without a ton of talent at wide receiver. But, you know, as much as people ragged on Nelson Aguilar, he's just another proven guy that is that is gone. Uh, the, the health of um, Alshon Jeffrey has been in question. I'm not even sure if he's definitely going to be able to start the season. Um, and there's just a bunch of guys that haven't been able to prove too much uh, at this level, uh, the, and Jalen Rager, you know, he has the potential there. That's why they took him in the first round. Uh, and Marquise Goodwin has shown his immense track-like speed in the past. But is it going to be enough to take it or keep it away from, from the Cowboys? Obviously, running back, Miles Sanders seems to be a budding star, which is awesome with his Penn State roots. I love that. Uh, you know, Pennsylvania guy. and. Uh, I'm I'm a Carson Wentz fan, so I don't have any issues with quarterback or running back, but wide receiver. Um, I think it's really really helpful right. that right. they have Ertz at tight end. Ertz and Goddard at tight end really right. might be a, a saving grace for the team as the wide receivers adjust or get right. healthy. And it could very well be the last year of that duo as well. So. Yeah, it could be tough to justify keeping both of them. Uh, so if if the offensive line gels, I definitely think um, that that'll obviously not to state the obvious, but will be a huge help help for them. Um, Jason Peters adapts to being at guard, um, and you know Lane Johnson, Andre Dillard, uh, Brandon Brooks was lost for the year, right? Is he tore his Achilles? Was it? Yep. Yeah, tore his Achilles so again. Yep. That's unfortunate because he was going to be another guy that they could uh, plug and play in there. Um, so they'll have to find uh, someone to man that other guard spot opposite Peters. I assume, is it Samolo? Is he the guy that is likely to get a first sh- shot at that? Or is it someone yeah. else? Yeah, I think it is him. Okay. Um, so, so we'll see if, if they can gel with, with Sanders and um, Clement uh, back there, and then who knows what they're going to do with Hertz and and Wentz and the tight ends. You know they they've got to making of a very solid offense. And if a wide receiver or two can really break through or have a great year, uh, that's going to be a great offense. But you mentioned you know kind of the uh, downside or the the issues surrounding the defense, and I, I share those with you. 
Uh, the secondary has just not been strong, has not performed well. They've not gotten uh, long-term success from the guys that they've brought in. Um, they were able to trade for Darius Slay, which was huge. And if he can play like he did in Detroit, that will make that unit to turn 180. Uh, who's the competent guy next to him, though? You know, are we going to ever see a return to the college-style play of of uh, Sidney Jones? Um, is it Avante Maddox? No. <laughs> um, will Jalen Mills step up? Will it be um, everyone that hates Nickel Roby Coleman from uh, his days with the Rams? Um, I, I I don't know. Uh, and, and at safety, I have more questions. I know a lot of people are high on Rodney McLeod and I, I guess I don't dislike him, but I, I think they could be doing better. Getting slay was huge. Though. If they didn't get slay, Oh man, I, I don't even know where to start there. Yeah. Cause we, we, we saw it last year. We saw them with a bunch right. of nobodies back there. And while it's sometimes you're like, wow, where'd we get this guy? Most of the time it was, wow. Why do we have this guy? Right. And we had that in the secondary and at wide receivers. Like, it was insane. They were literally lining up practice squad wide, like quarterbacks at wide receiver last year. And I and they made a little bit of an improvement from that, but only a little bit. Like, you kind of mentioned it. I don't know. Like, if I had to rate, give, like, a grade letter to the Eagles wide receivers, I still think, based on, like, what we've seen, I, I think at best you could probably give, like, a C plus, maybe. You know what I mean? Um Whereas when, when we look ahead, not to jump ahead, not to cut you off, but the look ahead, like that's certainly not the case talent wise for the Cowboys. Right. Right. And, so. and I'll finish up with the Eagles just saying like, obviously we know that their strength is along the defensive line, Barnett, Cox, Graham, uh, Hargrave, Jackson. I would love to see them get Sharif Miller involved, uh, Ridgeway sweat. Like there's guys there that are proven are veterans and young guys that are looking to step up and make a name for themselves. But that's not the case at linebacker or defensive back. So um, if they find, you know, get a, either at least a flash in the pan or a, a young developmental guy opposite uh, Slay or uh, inside the box, they'll definitely uh, perform better. But I think um, right now I have their peak at 10 wins in second place. Um, and that's just because I, I just think – What's on paper in Dallas is just stronger. And while I only have them winning 10 games, it's mostly because they didn't get time as a team with a new staff to gel. You know, Mike McCarthy and, and, and basically an entire new staff didn't have that offseason time to make the team better. They never were able to get Dak signed, so he's on franchise that doesn't shouldn't impact much play on the field. Um, but it, it's just another off-the-field thing that can come back to haunt you. I do think Dallas did a great job in signing free agents. Bringing in Andy Dalton as Dak's backup was uh, was perfect. Uh, they brought in Cameron Irving from the Super Bowl champion Chiefs as an offensive line option. And uh, I believe he's played center in the past. So with Travis Frederick retiring, he could see time there. Um, and he's kind of a guy that can play anywhere along the line. And that's always a perfect piece to add to your line. Maybe the two bigger things that Dallas did in the offseason was adding literal big pieces in Gerald McCoy and Don Terry Poe. Now, I know they're both not the same guys they were, uh, you know, five, six years ago when they were still in their primes and two of the better defensive tackles in the league. But I think adding them cannot hurt the situation in Dallas, um, who has seen their defense at time be a liability. Uh, they also brought in Haha Clinton Dix, who's made his around um, the NFC as a safety. Uh, thankfully they were signed Amari Cooper because 
why wouldn't you? And for us Penn State fans, we're thankful to see Sean Lee get one more crack at winning something with the Cowboys. He's 34 now. Crazy to think that Sean Lee's been there for that long. I can't say that Dallas really lost all too much. You know, Witten came back last year uh, to have a little cup of coffee there after he dabbled in broadcasting, but he left for the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, Randall Cobb left. Um, you know, Robert Quinn. I mentioned Travis Frederick was the big one. Losing him to retirement was was tough, uh, but that was a health issue. Uh, maybe, perhaps the biggest, at least judging by the amount of money Miami threw at him, they think Byron Jones was an up-and-coming rising star in the defensive backfield. I mean, he was 28, and he performed pretty good for Dallas, but Miami thinks that he's a legit number one, and I guess we'll see how Dallas responds to losing him. Of course, they were able to add Trevon Diggs in the second round of the draft from Alabama. He was a guy that you and I, Justin, were talking about. Why does he keep falling? And then we see Dallas yep. pick him at 51, and we're, I was just like – Looking at you, like, oh, that's that could hurt long run as an Eagles fan. <laughs> yes, yes, they could. Uh, and of course, that was you know twenty plus picks after they swooped in and took Ceedee Lamb from you uh, as their number yep. one pick, uh, which was a brilliant selection. You know, I don't think anyone had anything bad to say about the Cowboys' pick of Ceedee Lamb because now they're going to be pairing him with Amari Cooper, the newly resigned Amari Cooper, and Michael Gallup. Uh, and man, that is quite the one, two, three punch for them. And if the line, which has always been in the, you know, the top 10, top five in the NFL can give Dak time handing off to Elliot or throwing to one of those three, that, that should be an offense. Uh, that's a top five offense. It should be. So if Mike McCarthy can get that offense together with his coaching staff, um, and Kellen Moore, who people, you know, the former Boise State quarterback that was a journeyman in the NFL, caught on with Dallas as a backup, but now is the OC there. If they can uh, get things going with whatever the Cowboys' new offense is going to be called, that should be a top five offense. To me, that is as dangerous on paper as what you would expect the Browns to be. No, I, I agree. Um, when you look at it from from a guy, like from a standpoint, man. And that's kind of why I have Dallas in, in the lead too. I'm going to put them at like 11 wins. Um, I think, you know, there's just so much talent there. You can't ignore it. Um, it'll be interesting to see Mike McCarthy go in uh, because he had, like he had had some, I say struggles with the Packers. Packers are solid every year. Um, it's not great, especially early on. Last few, it's been a little more up and down, but, I, I think that's going to be a great hire for them. Um, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Uh, kind of going the franchise tag route with Dak. Um, it'll be interesting because, like, what if he does have a what if what if they do have a top five offense, which they should, right? They should have a top five offense. What if they have a top five offense? Dak's, you know, playing you know, at a, at a great level, he's, he's just going to ask more next year. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm not saying he shouldn't, I'm just saying like, man, like that, that franchise tag route as from the team standpoint is, is risky. When, when, 
I want to be clear. Like I, I like Carson Wentz over Dak from the standpoint of like ceiling. I think Carson Wentz's ceiling is higher. Now that's obviously I'm biased on that. However, like I think Dak is very good, and I think he gets a lot of crap um, that isn't necessarily deserved. Um, I think it was more on the coaching, but we'll see now that the coaching isn't there if some of the same tendencies come up you know things like that yeah, it, def- it'll be interesting deflecting but. blame that route is gone um i guess you could say right. well it was a new staff new coordinators well like i look i i look at at a game last year like they all they had to do was beat the eagles last year and the eagles were decimated by injuries like late in the season right. and they couldn't do it yeah. and then the eagles end up winning the division like there is absolutely no excuse for that loss. And I don't like, yes, you can put it on the coach, but like, I, I love Doug Peterson as a coach, but in the NFL, you should not be able to run out seriously, multiple practice squad wide receivers and beat the most talented team in the division with literally everything on the line. Right. You know what I mean? Like it, it shouldn't happen. It shouldn't happen. And it did. And Things like that seem to happen too much for Dallas. And don't get me wrong. I don't think it happened too much for Dallas. I, I don't think it happened not enough for them, and I hope that continues. But um, when you look at it from an outside standpoint, like, I, 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 don't, I don't know how that, how that can possibly continue, but I certainly hope it does. Um, and you know what? I, I hope... I hope Dak. I wouldn't mind Dak having a great regular season and then falling apart in the playoffs, and the Eagles go further in the playoffs, and he just costs the Cowboys even more problems with the salary cap. I'm I'm okay with that. So, so I I actually have um, to uh, rescind what I said about uh, the new coaching staff and time to adjust to a new offense because I had completely forgot that Kellen Moore was the offensive coordinator last year. So unless yeah, Mike yeah, McCarthy, I, I knew he was on staff. I didn't realize he was the OC last year. I thought he got that promotion with McCarthy, but no, he was the OC no, last year. No, he was, year. but that was, that was part of the issue, though. Gary in, kept in calling plays. Way, he wouldn't give over control. No, I think they let Kellen Moore. No, I mean, like at times in years past, Garrett oh, yeah. was the guy, and yeah. they were finally like, all right, hire Kellen right. Moore, and then finally they're like, he needs to call the plays. You need to be the head coach. You need to delegate. Let Kellen take over right. and do it. I had just completely yeah. blanked yeah. that that which, had already happened. Right. Which you're in a tough spot when you're coaching for your job and they won't even let you call the plays. You know, like I understand like you need to be able to delegate, but I also understand like, look, if this isn't going to go how I want it to go, I want it to be all on me. You know what I mean? Like I want it to be my decisions. But, right. Um, yeah. It, it'll be interesting. So, um, yeah, I'm just rooting for chaos there. I hope they're good <laughs> enough that Dak can charge them, you know, ask for more, but not good enough that it'll cost the Eagles come January. So, right. Well, I, I just, I, I have Dallas at 10 and six and I would have them higher if they had time to gel as a team, especially with some of the coaching staffs changing, especially the head coach. I think they maybe could have been, I think they could have been 11 or 12 win team if they had the opportunity to get together. Maybe that won't matter because all the teams are facing the same issue. So maybe they will, will win more than 10, but just to be safe, I'm going to have them at 10, the Cowboys, but win the NFC East on tiebreaker. 
I just look at them you know, on paper when you have – we mentioned already, but Prescott, Elliott, and then you have those three receivers when Cooper, Gallup, and you're adding in CeeDee Lamb. And that offensive line, you know, you got um, Tyron Smith, Lyle Collins at tackle. Uh, yeah, you lose Travis Frederick. That hurts. But you drafted Connor McGovern last year, the Penn State center. Uh, you brought in um, Cameron uh, Cameron Irving, who is kind of a swing guy and can fill in there. You have Zach Martin, who is one of, if not the best guard in the NFL. Like Their offensive line is superb, and when you have that talent behind it, that should be a top-five offense, no-brainer. And then defensively, I think they're better than the Eagles. I think the Eagles may have the, the leg up an edge along the defensive line, but I don't think the Cowboys are slouch there with DeMarcus, DeMarcus Lawrence and um, Ty- Tyrone Jackson. I think, is it Tyrone Jackson? Did I say that wrong? I can't remember now. I think but, so. Um, but, and then I said they brought in Gerald McCoy and Don Terry Poe uh, to add to that unit. Who knows if Alden Smith's going to contribute to anything as, as an edge rusher type guy, but they have Leighton Vander Esch and uh, Jalen Smith to go with whatever Sean Lee can throw out there. So their hope is that maybe they can solidify that secondary. They lost Byron Jones, but they brought in Trevon Diggs. Uh, I just think when you look at – compare all the units, I think the Cowboys either push with the Eagles or come out on top in nearly every single one. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Yet I'm hoping somehow they will find a way to not let me doubt. Yeah, well, I mean (laughs) – they did not let you down much over the last few years. The last few years of the Garrett era were marred with inconsistency and um, just underachievement, and that's why Garrett's contract yeah, and, wasn't renewed. Well, and let's hope for more of the same in that category, right? <laughs> well, you can hope. Um, I will just comment on what I see happening. <laughs> All right, so that is our NFC East preview. Just to recap, Justin and I both agree: Cowboys on top, Eagles next. But I both think we believe the Eagles will make it as a wild card. And then we flip flop Giants and Redskins. I have the uh, Giants in third. Justin had Washington, and then he had the Giants last, with me having Washington in last. So. Um, you know, we mentioned my uncle's pick, my dad's picks. If you want to get your picks in, let us know. Send us an email, May Sandwich Shop, email inbox, uh, Joe Mays and JRAF at gmail.com. Uh, Justin, anything to add before we go? Any shout outs or anything to mention? Um, just shout out today was my niece's first birthday. So yes. happy birthday, Sunny. Yes. Um, yeah, that, that, that's kind of crazy, but. Uh, that's about it. All right. Yes, absolutely. So happy birthday. Happy first birthday to Sunny. Very, very cool. Um, I'll say, I think I said it last week, but I'll say it again. Happy uh, belated birthday to my mother-in-law uh, celebrating last week. And hmm, anything else? Um, we're we're oh, prepping for the best week ever. <laughs> so this week coming up, Laura celebrates her birthday on Tuesday. So yeah. That, that, that's yeah. a big one. And, uh, you know, I got a few grab parties this weekend. Phillies are back Friday, so that's a positive. It's a positive before our, yeah. before our next show. We will, we'll have professional baseball. It is a huge day. It, it actually makes July 24th matter, you know. 
It's a, it's an amazing, <laughs> amazing thing. So uh, obviously uh, Justin's going to be celebrating his birthday this coming Friday, the 24th with the Phillies returning to play. I was watching their exhibition game against the Orioles, which they lost, uh, but it was just fun to see not quite meaningful baseball, but just to see the prep for right. meaningful baseball. Uh, it was a good, good omen. So I'm, I was happy about that. So um, never, never in a million years did I think the Phillies would be playing their first game of the season on my birthday. Yeah, well, uh. <laughs> bizarro world. That's what we've been living yeah. in. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so we'll be back next week for episode 313 to finish our 2020 NFL preview with a look at the AFC East and our playoff picks with the Super Bowl predictions. So. We got to bring it all together, pick our division winners, three wild cards from each conference, and then wrap it all up. So, talking Patriots, Bills, Dolphins, Jets next week and bringing it all together should be a lot of fun next Sunday, July 26th. And then after that, well, I'm not really sure. Uh, we're supposed to start Bulldog Hour um, from that first Sunday in August, probably through early November, hopefully later November. But that all hinges on what's going on with high school athletics uh, during this uh, coronavirus pandemic. As of right now, we're staying the course. PIAA is saying we intend to play, and um, we're going to have to start interviewing some players and coaches so we have some Bulldog Hour content to get out to the masses. All right. So I think that's about it. So thanks, everyone, for joining us for Episode 312 of the Joe Mays and j Show. Once again, Thank you to our sponsors, May Sandwich Shop and Small Player Big Play, who has one last thing to say before we go. Download the app from the App Store or Google Play and create an account using a valid email address. That's it. Now you can find friends, join groups, or make new ones. You can upload and watch your own content for free. Watch YouTube uploads for free. Even more streaming options are available with our subscription plans and in-app purchases. Download the app and start sharing with the world your passion for sports today. All right. Thanks to them for sponsoring the show. But that's it. We'll see you again next week. Everyone stay healthy and stay safe. And we'll be back to finish our NFL preview in one week's time. That's a wrap on this episode of the Joe Mays and J-Raff Show, brought to you by Mays Sandwich Shop. You can watch each weekly episode live on Facebook, Periscope, or YouTube. Be sure to like, follow, or subscribe to the show on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. You can also rate and review us on many of these platforms as well. We'd love to hear from you. Send your emails to the Mays Sandwich Shop inbox at joemaysandjraff at gmail.com. The Joe Mays and JRAF Show is a part of the JMNJR Radio Network, home to other productions such as the Bulldog Hour, Tangents with Friends, and Nat Chats with Dad. Until next time.